Step Into the Realm of the Paranormal Until the Last Drop, a show that blends paranormal stories and events with a themed drink. This episode is going to be a little bit themed after, I guess, the current time frame. And no, I'm not talking about some disease-ridden, like, bubonic plague rats and all that. This is actually more about leprechauns and the uh, mythical green fairies of a different origin <laughs> than we had before. <laughs> These are just associated with green. I suppose green and gold. That would be the, uh, I don't know, the team colors of a leprechaun. I, I don't know. I mean, that's you. they're typically uh, shown wearing green, but... The early versions had them clad in red. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen anything of that yet, but I'm sure you read a little bit further into it than I did currently. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, just a quick little overview here. Is like, Leprechauns are figures in Irish folklore who guard hidden treasure, regarded as small and incredibly agile male fairies or goblins. They most often guard pots of gold. Or a pot of gold, I suppose. Depends on how uh, how well off that leprechaun has been. I've heard um, other tales where they have a hoard of gold. Ah, yes, those leprechaun dragons. Kind of. I <laughs> mean, they have. I think it's typically um, in like the fey realm or something. Like they hold it in a in a different. Pocket dimension, I believe, is how it works out. A pocket. They just put it in their pockets. <laughs> but they're they're notorious for hoarding massive amounts of of gold and treasure, like yeah. a dragon. Um, let's see. There's also living solitary lives. A leprechaun can be a source of mischief for unwary, and they are infamous for being extremely difficult to catch or trap, even if they are caught. The captor must keep them always within sight, or they will not give away their location of their treasure. Leprechauns share many characteristics with more ancient creatures from Irish, Celtic, and wider European mythology, but since the 19th century, they have risen to the dominant position of being the most recognizable symbol of Irish folklore. I think much to the dismay of uh, Ireland. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, even if we think about like uh, St. Patrick's Day, the idea that, um, oh, it's time to go out and drink and color your beer green and just go bar hopping and all that. I'm pretty sure that's a little bit uh, offensive. Just a little. <laughs> um, that the whole thing with like uh, corned beef and cabbage, I'm sure it's like, oh, it's an Irish meal or whatever. It's I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a very like uncommon like Sunday dinner style of meal that's prepared like maybe very rarely it's not mm. something that like is here you go every night have your corned beef and cabbage and I'm like no <laughs> god that'd be horrible <laughs> i mean it's pretty good but all those nitrates would probably kill you it would be good on occasion like it is good on occasion sorry but i couldn't i could not <laughs> eat that every <laughs> night yeah oh you'd be so bloated <laughs> yes It'd be, uh, yes. <laughs> the dead will rise so they can hear more content from Till the Last Drop. So you mentioned that leprechauns are tricksters 
and people often tried to get their gold. And um, in the encyclopedia Spirits, Fairies, Leprechauns, and Goblins, folklorist Carol Rose offers a typical tale of leprechaun trickery. And it is where a man who managed to get a leprechaun to show him the bush in the field where his treasure was located. He has no spade, and so he marks the tree with one of his red garters so that he can come back and find it. He then releases the sprite and goes for a spade. When he returns almost instantly, he found that every one of the numerous trees in the field sported a red garter. (laughs) Well, I think the bigger question is, um, obviously this isn't any time modern because I don't know anybody who'd be wearing a garter, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it, yeah, there's also, in the magical world, most spirits, fairies, and other creatures have a distinctive sound that is associated with them. Some entities, such as the Irish fairy Banshee and the Hispanic spirit La Llorona, are said to emit a mournful wail signifying their presence. In the case of a leprechaun, it's the tap-tap-tapping of his tiny cobbler hammer, driving nails into shoes that announces they are nearby. Yeah, because the leprechaun is the fairy shoemaker. Yes, the cobbler, if you will. Yes, actually, um, there is a bit of a poem that describes the sound and it is uh, lay your ear close to the hill do you not catch the tiny clamor busy click of an elfin hammer voice of the leprechaun singing shrill as he merrily plies his trade yep. and that's <laughs> describing the sound of the leprechaun yeah um, it could come from one of the ideas of the word that uh, some research believe that the word leprechaun may have been derived from the Irish Leith, uh, what is that, Leith Baragan? Leith Bragran? I don't know. Leith Bragan? That could be it. Leith Bragan? I'm sure you've probably. The, the pronunciation it. isn't easy. I'm not <laughs> in any way familiar with the Gaelic tongue. Um, however, it means shoemaker which would make sense if that's the case, if there are little cobblers running around fixing shoes and demanding gold. Mm-hmm. So, or other such things, I suppose. Well, of if I was fixing shoes, I would be demanding gold also. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? you got to have some sort of payment. <laughs> exactly. You need to be paid fairly for your work. Yes. Um, of course, leprechauns have found their way into popular culture. As with many old legends and traditions, the image and nature of the leprechaun has changed over time and has been updated for a modern audience. Lucky the Leprechaun, mascot of General Mills breakfast cereal, Lucky Charms. Probably one of the most well-known leprechauns. Yep. There's also apparently a 1959 Disney movie, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Yes. Also influenced how many people think of the wee folk. Now... There's probably a few things in there that may not be uh, um, looked at the same way socially anymore, but from I mean, 1959. Well, I, I mean, I even the name. Doubt it. Yeah, even the name Darby O'Gill. I'm I'm pretty sure that's a very uh, stereotypical mm-hmm. Irish name. Um, now we're not going to get into the no. to the idea of like Sean McLaughlin. Now that's the. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, some people may know what I'm talking about, but uh-huh. anyway. He's a jack of all trades. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, on the other end of the spectrum, there's a homicidal leprechaun. Lubden the leprechaun. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know. That's what they say. Lubden the leprechaun. Horror slash comedy uh-huh. film series played by Willow actor <laughs> Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis is awesome, though. Yeah. Well, he's been in a lot of different things. Uh, yes. I believe he was an Ewok. He was the most notably the leprechaun. Uh, he was uh, one of the goblin bank tellers in no, the Harry Potter no, series. No, no, Wasn't he? No. He was a teacher. He was a teacher? Yes, he was one of the professors. Oh, it's been forever since I've actually seen any of that. Have I didn't you know he seen was one any of the Harry Potter movies? I've seen three of them. Really? The first three, I think. Oh. That's yes. why I thought he was one of the bank guys. No. Oh. But I guess I can understand why you might think that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of lost interest in uh, most of the other ones. I've read all the books, so. Ah. Well, he doesn't appear in the book. I mean, his character does, but he himself personally is not in the book, no. It is not Harry Potter and Warwick Davis defeat he who shall not be named. (laughs) Yes, he will not be named. (laughs) Anyway, um, for generations, some Irish have been annoyed by leprechauns and the ethnic stereotypes they perpetuate. Mm -hmm. and. For most American leprechauns are only appear around St. Patrick's Day. Well, first of all, a leprechaun only appears on St. Patrick's Day. I'd like to see one. I don't know where they're seeing them. But, um, uh, the did idea you of, did you check the end of the rainbow? Um, no, because it's usually in the middle of a field somewhere, and I, I can't think that's drive where, there. what your problem is. Then, oh, of course, you're not looking in the right places. <laughs> I mean, isn't that where their gold's supposed to be? Yeah. Did you never do that when you were a child? I never looked for a leprechaun. No, did you? Not? <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of my pastimes. I'm sorry. I'm not weird. <laughs> Ty, we're going out leprechaun hunting. I was not leprechaunin. <laughs> leprechaunin. I was trying to find the gold. Ah. Because who doesn't want gold? If you find a, find the gold, you're gonna find the leprechaun. Maybe. Oh, I don't think that he would just leave his gold. I didn't do it every time I saw a rainbow, but <laughs> there was a few I'm picturing times. like Twister, like yes. the, the premise of Twister. And every time that there's a leprechaun or a rainbow or a sto- like in this case, a storm, I suppose, they just freak out and try to get them before the the evil ones do. It was it was very much like you just described. I, I don't know how you know that. <laughs> Were you stalking me when I was a child? No, no. Oh, wait, you weren't even born when that was uh, happening. Uh, 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 <laughs> I was the leprechaun. I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was me all along. All right. Yeah. This has gone to a weird place. Anyway. No, though, I. Uh, <laughs> again, it wasn't every time, but there was always that story that if you found the end of the rainbow, you would find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And so on a couple occasions I saw a rainbow that looked like it had a reachable end and so I went looking for it and logically I knew that there was not going to be some pot of gold sitting at the end of it but it was still fun to to pretend I guess yeah and to have that magical moment in your childhood 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of that may have been perpetuated by uh, Lucky Charms. I am going to tell you one Heart thing, though. stars and horseshoes. Clovers <laughs> and balloons. Uh, so. <laughs> Pots of golden rainbows. Go on. <laughs> nope, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I do very distinctly remember, though, having the thought while I was looking for it was, what if I find the end and it's the wrong end? Because there's two ends to a rainbow. <laughs> yeah. And nobody said which one yep. was supposed to have the pot of gold. And so I figured my luck, I would find it and it would be the wrong end. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it could be. You never know. You got a 50 50 chance for the most part, unless there's like some leprechaun magic that happens. I feel like that just shows how like pessimistic and realistic and sad I was as a child (laughs) because I'm going to go on a magic journey to find a pot of gold. And then I realized, you know, I'm probably going to get there and it's not even going to be the right side (laughs) because that's my luck. And you got to go to the other one, which ends in the middle of a field or it's in the middle of the ocean or something just because why not? Mm -hmm. It's like a little leprechaun sitting in the middle of the ocean, like wearing scuba set. And just like sitting on top of this <laughs> pot of gold, or actually it would be a treasure chest in this case, and he'd probably be part pirate. I was going to say, um, so now we've we've gone pirate? Yeah. Cool. I mean, why not? Pirates had gold. Leprechauns have gold. Why not some leprechaun pirates? Sounds like a good movie to me. Pirate leprechauns? Oh, yeah. So um, Warwick Davis and Depp? It, sure. I mean, it seems like Hollywood's on a trend of destroying movies, so why not? Let's. Uh, I would watch that. <laughs> I mean... Could be good. Maybe not in theaters. Maybe in theaters. <laughs> Pirates but... of the Caribbean and the quest for the lucky charms or something. Yes. <laughs> or, um... Oh. No, they already did something along the lines of Dead, Men, Dead Men's Chest and all that, so... Uh, uh-huh. I can't use that kind of title. Oh, well. Stay thirsty for the unusual with Till the Last Drop. Of course, leprechauns aren't the only thing that can be associated with uh, St. Patrick's Day or uh, any bit of this Irish theming that we've got going on. There's also the uh, little bit of the Blarney Stone as well. Mm-hmm. So do you want to go into a little bit of detail on that go or you want me to start off? Go ahead. All right. Well, the Blarney Stone, it's a block of carboniferous limestone. It's built into the battlements of Blarney Castle in Blarney, about Mm. eight kilometers from Cork, Ireland. According to legend, kissing the stone endows the user with the gift of the gab. Or gift of the gob. I don't know. Gab. Gab. (laughs) Great elegance or skill at flattery. Oh, Um, so you just become charming. The the gift of the gob. There you Mm -hmm. go. Uh, The stone was... was, bad. uh, It was. Yes. I'm not claiming to be Irish. I'm just going to... No, uh, you're Hungarian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, right. I should learn that one day. Anyway, the stone, <laughs> the stone is set in a tower of the castle in 1446. The castle is a popular tourist site in Ireland, attracting visitors from all over the world to kiss the stone oh, and gross. tour the castle and its gardens. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> kiss this rock. <laughs> no, like thousands of people... Coming to kiss it. Like, well, this is pre pandemic. I don't care. 
there's actually images of it. You can see a little bit of the wear that's been on that rock from probably all the people licking off the limestone. <laughs> Ew! So not only are they kissing it, they're like Frenching it? I can't guarantee that, but I can know that people have been kissing it. Um, there's al- there's also the uh, the word Blarney has come to mean clever, flattering, or coaxing talk. Irish pot- politician John O'Connor Power defined it this way. Blarney is something more than just mere flattery. It is flattery sweetened by humor and flavored by wit. Those who mix with Irish folk have many examples of it in their everyday experience. Wait, so Blarney is flattery sweetened by humor and flavored with wit? Yes. So it's me. (laughs) 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 Sorry. It's Um, not me. Anywho. (laughs) It's not me. Um, I remember long ago, and I probably don't have it anymore. I you had were this, around long ago? Yes, long ago <laughs> in the days of yore. Um, or some, some kind of phrase like that. You mean last century? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess the, the end of the 1900s or so. Oh, back in the 1900s? Yes, back in mm. that day. Because you never know when somebody's going to listen to this. Um, I can't put it down to a specific year. I'm sorry, but... Um, You're fired. I remember at one point, I run this thing, you know. <laughs> Not without me. Uh, anyway, I remember having a uh, a souvenir or something from a Blarney Stone. It was like a piece of a rock in a bag. And I'm pretty sure that it had like a whole description of like the Blarney Stone in it. So there's that. There was, I had a rock in a bag. Do you still have this bag of rock? I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time unless it's packed somewhere that is ask your mom i'm sure she still has it maybe i mean it is a lucky rock did your dad get it from ireland i don't know i don't think he went to ireland at that point oh so, <laughs> so I, it's I really, a faux blarney stone <laughs> it might be it might just be this rock that was in a bag and had a little piece of paper that said oh this is about the blarney stone here's a piece of it but it's, the other thing is it's not like you somebody went in there like and chipped off <laughs> chunks of the blarney stone no i'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do that. No. So, um, and here's a here's a little bit about like the ritual. There's a ritual. Ah, uh, yes, the ritual of kissing the Blarney Stone. Oh, oh God! Why is that person upside down? <laughs> it's the part of the ritual. What? Uh, the ritual of kissing the Blarney Stone, according to the castle's proprietors, have has been performed by millions of people, including world statesmen, literary giants, and Legends of the Silver Screen. <laughs> Ooh. The kiss, however, is not casually achieved. To touch the stones with one's lips, the participant must ascend to the castle's peak, then lean over backwards on the parapets or a parapet's edge. This is traditionally achieved with the help of an assistant. Yeah, I would be tickled <laughs> if somebody touched me like that. I would crack my head on the Blarney Stone, bleed all over, and it would be bad. But go ahead. Um, yeah, although the parapet is now fitted with wrought iron guide rails and protective crossbars, the ritual can still trigger attacks of acrophobia. Which one is that? Uh, the fear of, it's an extreme or irrational fear or phobia of heights. Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah, not for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are on top of a castle (gasps) and you are hanging over the edge of it. Why? 
Uh, well, why not? It's for luck. I don't need <laughs> that kind of luck. Oh, that's the good luck. No, you need to realize that you don't have the luck until after you've successfully done this. Don't you need the luck to successfully do this? Well, the luck would only be able to tell people how well you were able to do it. But... Because it's the gift of the gab. <laughs> I can already talk. I'm good, man. No. Um, here's a nice little bit of information as well. Before the safeguards were installed, the kiss was performed with real risk to life and limb. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're all soft now. We're not kissing walls and stones with any risk. And... The participants were grasped by the ankles and dangled bodily from the, from the height. Yep. Uh, uh. Let's see. Uh, in the Sherlock Holmes radio dramatization, The Adventures of the Blarney Stone, um, a man attempted to kiss the Blarney Stone. Oh, and falls to his death. Uh-huh. Holmes, investigates, Holmes' investigation reveals that this is a murder, and the man's boots no. have been serend... Oh. Serendip. I can't. Yeah, whatever. They were Sarah greased Tip before the attempt. Sarah Tippett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying anymore. Yeah, it's not a common word that ever anybody needs to use. Sarah Tippishly. Yes. Sure, it's going to bother me. <laughs> so his boots were greased. Yeah. Greasy boots. So that the person who was holding him... Wait, were they greased on the outside or the inside? I don't know. I guess you might have to listen to the radio broadcast. <sighs> Apparently it was first broadcast on March 18th of 1946. I wonder if they have it in podcast form now. Oh, they probably have everything in podcast form now. Hmm. Even like um, the world pea counting competition. I didn't know where you were going with that at first. <laughs> I didn't either. Uh, I heard the world pee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. The night is dark. The spirits are restless. They demand to be poured until the last drop. There are some other ideas as far as where a leprechaun may have come from. According to some scholars, the word leprechaun comes from the ancient Celtic, ancient Irish Celtic god and cultural hero, Lu. I don't know, Lug, L-U-G-H, I don't want to call it like Lug, because that just <laughs> sounds kind of like lame, I mean, I, let's, for the purpose of this, I'm just going to call him Lou. Uh, Lou, Lou, it's a strong name, Lou, no, Lou, whatever, <laughs> he was originally, I'm, he, let's use uh, pronouns here, he was originally the god of the sun and light, and then he became a great warrior, ruler of ancient Ireland. His stature literally diminished over time as Christianization of Europe gathered pace. He was eventually transformed into Lucromane, meaning stooping Lou, uh, I guess, <laughs> um, as he now inhabited the underground world of Sida, where all of the other gods were regulated as to the people forgot their traditions and embraced new religions. Lou thus became a sort of fairy craftsman, and from there, Lou became Leprechaun, the diminutive fairy goblin in medieval folklore. That's actually really sad when you think about it. Like, he was a god. Yeah. He was a god, a big, powerful, mighty god. Mm -hmm. And then Christians 
came along <laughs> and literally reduced him to a tiny cobbler. Yeah, that's the change of beliefs and all that, and it happens very common. Um, unfortunately, Christianity is very uh, notorious for that. I mean, uh. even looking at like the Crusades and back in history where uh, it was essentially like, believe what we believe or we'll kill you. Or the um, witch trials, you know. Yeah, same thing. A lot of early settlers and all that uh, were also in the same the same boat. She turned me into a newt. <laughs> a newt. I got better. I got better. <laughs> um, let's see. They um they also have another ancient source of inspiration, the small water spirits of Celtic mythology. These elves or fairies, known as here we go. <laughs> Lukorp? Lukorp? Lukewarm? Uh, Lukorpin? I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with any of this. First, first appeared in Irish literature in the... Ictra oh, Fergmus... Uh-huh. Er, never mind. The Adventures of Ferguson's Son of Lete. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I can't. It's nope. just too much of a brain... Too much of a brain? <laughs> Too much of a brain. Something your brain won't uh, do? Nope, not okay. currently. Sorry, I need to study up on my uh, ancient Gaelic and uh, Eastern dialects before I can pronounce most of you these. You do. Clearly you've been slacking and I'm disappointed. I know. Recently it's been more on uh, Cantonese and Mandarin. And uh, yeah. <laughs> that does us no good right now. I know. Maybe later on. Maybe if we do a uh, Eastern Dragon episode. I'm not going to anymore. Um, anyway, The Adventures of Ferguson, oh, Ferguson and Lete, uh, which dates to the 18th or 8th century CE, a number of mischievous spirits capture the hero Fergus while he is asleep and take away his sword and attempt to carry him over water. Fergus wakes up and when one of his toes touches the water's surface, he manages to grab three of the sprites. I don't know how that's relevant. Huh. Um, the sprites win their freedom by promising to teach Fergus their swimming skills. That's how it's relevant. I I guess, but could he not swim before? Maybe he couldn't swim like they do. I guess. I mean, they're water spirits, right? True. I mean, so if they... they're able to swim with holding a body above water, right. that's pretty good. Maybe they can also breathe underwater. Oh, Maybe. I don't know how that's going to change his physiology. He wants to swim with the fishes. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I saw that picture. Oh, yes, yes. The <laughs> characteristics of a leprechaun. Um, I guess we could go a little bit more in depth on that. You know, I think it's interesting. One of the things that I came across um, is a universal leprechaun description according to uh McAnally. Mm-hmm. and i i feel like this drastically varies from what we see as a stereotypical leprechaun these days um and you know from what i've come to understand a lot of that is due to the fact that what we have as the modern day leprechaun is based a lot on um derogatory uh hate-filled, I guess, depictions yeah. of, of Irish people, which we've kind of touched on a little bit already. <laughs> <clears throat> <So>. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, this description says that uh, he is about three feet high and is dressed in a little red jacket or roundabout with red breeches buckled at the knee, gray or black stockings and a hat cocked in the style of a century ago. Over a little old withered face, round his neck is an Elizabethan ruff and frills of lace are at his wrists. On the wild west coast, where the Atlantic winds bring almost constant rains, he dispenses with rough and frills and wears a frisaic overcoat over his pretty red suit, so that, unless on the lookout for the cocked hat, ye might pass a leprechaun on the road and never know it's himself that's in it at all. Mm. That also kind of follows that idea that a leprechaun could potentially shapeshift. Mm. I've heard that in some... Um, that you may not ever really know. And I think, it, I, I don't remember. I'm not going to go into it because I don't remember <laughs> exactly. Um, however, that description is very different, I guess, from the uh, traditional characteristics of a leprechaun. I suppose they come into other occasions as being that they are helpful spirits in the home. However, they could be dressed in green or red. Leprechauns are usually old, wrinkled, and ugly. Hmm. <laughs> Unlike the modern representation that you kind of gave, of the chirpy leprechaun, I suppose the more traditional version is often a little stern, gloomy, or sour-tempered. So. I mean, I I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it, well, I guess that's the kind of inspiration that uh, the movie Leprechaun has taken from, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seemed pretty sour-tempered until he got in the hood, you know. <laughs> I forgot it went there. Yeah. I haven't a... seen those movies. Oh. Uh... I mean, well, last episode we were talking about gin and juice and Snoop Dogg, and I guess we kind of made another reference back to him, so I guess that's a little odd. I think he had a cameo appearance in one of those movies. I would not Don't at all be surprised. So it kind of seems like where those movies were going, it got a little uh, little odd. I don't I don't think that I could see a leprechaun <laughs> in the hood, though. I just It just doesn't seem to fit for me. I don't know. So. Now i got to watch that movie. Ugh. <laughs> uh. At Till the Last Drop, we'd like to hear your stories, not have you become the story. So please, drink responsibly. Since this episode has gone mostly over leprechauns and their origin, we figured we'd go with something that's a little more related to the area, a Irish whiskey. Now this one isn't some fancy, top-shelf crazy whiskey that you can only find in Ireland that you'd need to get imported or something. This is just Like a, your dad has? Yeah. Um, <laughs> as much fun as it would to get something like that. Um, this is just a standard bottle of Jameson. Um, I know they have like multiple different kinds. I think they introduced like their cold brew and they've got like a black barrel section or something, mm. um, which I don't know the full details on, but uh, for just a standard grab-and-go kind of bottle at pretty much any supermarket uh jameson irish whiskey is personally it's one of my go-to as far as like a common alcohol so, <laughs> grab-and-go whiskey yeah the grab that's, and a, well. that's a new phrase okay let's let me finish it. yeah the grab-and-go whiskey just like any of uh those lays potato chips or whatever <laughs> just like i'll just grab it and go mm-hmm. so um i don't know how much of a review would be worth it here but we might as well like take a little bit of a drink and I guess express our opinions of it uh would you like to start or should I start on no this? you go ahead and start on okay. this one I am not a huge whiskey fan well 
it tastes exactly what you think it tastes like. <laughs> oh, that doesn't make me want to try it. Ah, uh, yes, it tastes like the the sweat of the sheep right from the field. Uh huh. I haven't drank yet. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Ignore that until after. So you drink. thanks for that. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> uh. It's really not as bad <clears throat> as you think it is. It's got a strong smell. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's a lot more manageable than some of the other alcohols that we've had. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, this one is, um, it's an eighty proof, so. As compared to what was our last one that we had, I guess the moonshine would be one of the higher proofs that we had. But I suppose that the moonshine. Um, <laughs> well, okay, the flavored moonshines were really nice, though. This is a <clears throat> yeah, but those were like forty proof too. Not all of them. Well, the blackberry, I think, was. So, what are your thoughts on uh, that? Um, personally, I would just drink this over ice. But I know that I, there's a couple of mixes that I like with this one. One that I was uh, aware of was that it got mixed with a green tea. And I don't know, I think it was just the Jameson and the green tea, but it was a very nice combo, and it, it gave both flavors. Um, it's almost as if you could have both flavors of them like have their own spotlight, but it also gave... Uh, interesting like flavor profile to the overall drink. I could I see how that would because they both have kind of like an earthy feel yeah. to them. So I could see how those would lend themselves nicely into one another. Oh yeah. Um, obviously they give a couple of drink options for Jameson as well. I mean like Jameson with ginger and lime. Um, some of their newer stuff like their black barrel selection I guess they suggest things like an apple cider punch uh, crimson cranberry punch uh, ginger sparkler. There's the cold brew, which is, I believe, their coffee flavored Irish whiskey. Coffee flavored whiskey. Yeah, or it's huh. like a, it's a mix or something. I haven't looked too much into it, but uh, it's a cold brew hot chocolate with that one. They've got their hot toddy. They've got a sangria. Uh, they've got basically just the cold brew and cola. But I've I've never been a fan of coffee flavor and a cola. It just it seems weird to me. Yeah, um, I can see how that's not appealing yeah um because i remember when coke tried to do their whole thing like <laughs> i actually saw those at the store the other day that's bad because those are really old no 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 they had new ones i oh, i tried oh to boy. point it out to you <laughs> i don't i think you were looking at pasta or something oh well it's it, it wasn't that good the first run that i tried it so i probably wouldn't have wanted it I like coffee, and I don't think I would have actually cared for coffee and cola. No. Those are those are two very contrasting flavors, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes more sense in the case of, like, the Jameson cold brew, because then you have some alcohol to at least give you a reason to drink it. <laughs> but, I, yeah. Well, I mean, people, people put alcohol in their coffee all the time, so... Yeah, I mean that isn't that part of the Irish breakfast? Is you just <laughs> drop a shot in your coffee and be good? Uh, something. It might have it might have originated where somebody was trying to grab like some cream and accidentally grabbed like a bottle from the night before or something and just added it in. It's just like, well, it's already there. I don't have the time to change it. So <laughs> or the Irish cream. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, 
that's our simple review of Jameson. <laughs> as far as flavor goes, I'm assuming that most people are going to know the flavor of it. If not, it's easy enough to grab. There's plenty of things to use Jameson in. It tastes like whiskey. Uh, yeah, it's an Irish whiskey. So it take of take your ideas of American whiskeys. What's and, the difference between an Irish and American whiskey? Do you know? Um, let's see. <laughs> This is Till the Last Drop, and you're listening to this next section on our tab. So that difference between the American and Irish whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Now, an Irish whiskey is usually made from barley. Sometimes it's a mixture of barley and malt. It means it's a it's got a lighter flavor than the American whiskey, but it's also it also makes it age a little bit better. Oh, okay. So Irish distilleries will use older barrels, and they let their whiskeys sit for a minimum of three years to get that full classic flavor. It used to be that Irish whiskeys were reserved for people who weren't into that strong taste, but now they're finding a place in cocktails. Um, there's also a level of a level of subtlety to the flavor that you won't find in a lot of the American style whiskeys. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. Yeah. On the opposite side of things, the American whiskeys are a two-year minimum for the whiskey, and that's because of the strong taste of the ingredients and the aging process that's used behind it. Um, there's four four main types of American-style whiskey. It's mm-hmm. a rye, a bourbon, an American blend, and a Tennessee whiskey. They can be made with corn, rye, or wheat, and the ingredients make the spirit darker and give them a stronger, more distinct flavor. Oh. Obviously, a rye whiskey is made from rye. That bourbons. seems logical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bourbons are mostly, they mostly have the sweeter flavor. It's made with about 51% of corn in the mash bill. Um, hmm. The sweetness. Corn is always put in for sweetness. <laughs> of course. Ah. Um, the sweetness makes bourbons more popular in cocktails, much like the Irish whiskeys. Um, it's probably because the sweet and the subtle flavors can kind of work with more ingredients a little bit better without uh, overpowering the drink. Yeah, probably. Um, some distilleries will use a combination of wheat, rye, or corn, and those are typically called American blends, and they can lead to all types of different kind of flavors behind <laughs> that. Um, the amounts that are used will give you different flavor profiles. So That makes sense. Yep. Um, American distilleries also use newer barrels, which can even be charred wood, so it gives the whiskey a smoky flavor, um, and that's most common in like the Tennessee style whiskeys. Is that kind of like that? Um, that what was it? That whiskey that I tried in um, St. Louis? Maybe that, or was that a Scotch? Oh, uh, I think that was a Scotch. No, I don't remember. It could have been like an American style Scotch, I suppose, where they used a smoked barrel. Yeah, um, whatever it was, it tasted like smoke. That was incredible. Yeah. It was interesting, but I mean, I remember the smell of it. <laughs> so, it <was> very smoky. <laughs> I, I tasted smoke for for a while after yeah. that drink. Well, that could be interesting. That might be something to add to our list at yeah, one point. Yeah, that to, was expensive, uh, though. Maybe, uh, although maybe not so much paranormal, but it would be interesting to have something like that with... Uh, Pompeii or something. You just, I think you just want it in the bar. I, I just want a bit <laughs> of smoked whiskey that's that pungent. Oh, yeah. I just remember it was not cheap. <laughs> and the only reason I tried yeah. it was because that random guy ordered it and was like, try. <laughs> yeah. 
That was a fun time. Wasn't that yeah. Steve Vai? Yeah, that was a Steve Vai concert. Yeah, that was so, nice. That was cool. Yeah, got you that uh, that record. All right. So for this one, it's a little bit more festive as far as it goes, as since we're releasing this close to St. Patrick's Day and everything like that. Mm-hmm. We decided to go over a little bit of the leprechauns and even into the Blarney Stone a bit. That was kind of kind of neat. Uh, people want to risk their lives to dangle over to kiss a rock. I mean, that's it's always something to good people to do. People are crazy, and well, people will always do weird things. I mean, if you want to have a weekend trip, sounds like a plan, right? Oh, yeah, weekend trip <laughs> to Ireland. Yeah. Let's just... Yeah. And and while we're at it, are we going to go over to Japan for Jack? Maybe. Cool, yeah. cool. Sounds like a plan. Cool. Well, I don't know if it would be in the same weekend. We might have to, like, switch it over weekend to weekend, you know? But um, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll do the Blarney Stone on Saturday. Yeah. And then Japan on Sunday. Well, it, that would make sense because, like, we would go to, go to Blarney. Kiss the stone. <laughs> Blarney. Well, yeah, it's in Blarney. I know. Um, kiss the stone and then get the gift of the gab and then you can haggle your price of the plane ticket and you'll save a lot of money. Get a good deal. Yeah, but wouldn't <laughs> we have already bought the plane ticket at that point? Oh, you can get a refund and redo it. Because oh, with the gift of the gab. Yeah. We'll be able to yep, yep. talk our way yep. into any of that. <laughs> oh, who knows? Maybe we've already uh, kissed the stone and... Uh, you're listening to us now because of that whole reason. Anyway, hey. um, speaking of which, we also went into a little bit of just a common Irish whiskey. We wanted the Jameson brand because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's easily available. Anybody can get it. If you like whiskey, if you like Irish, um, try some. <laughs> just don't put green food coloring in it. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yay, green things. Um, I mean, you could, but then your mouth will be green. Yeah, I know. Or you could just close your eyes when you drink it, and then it could be any color you want it to be. Ooh, magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Imagination. <laughs> yes. And that's where the Lucky Charms come back in. Ooh. Uh, yes. Full circle. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Till the Last Drop. Um, yeah. Go ahead and... <laughs> Go ahead and listen to us if you haven't completely ran off by now. We're on iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, follow us on Facebook if you'd like. Uh, or you could just listen to us right on our own, our own, own website, tillthelastdrop.com. Uh, we have all of our episodes up currently, as well as uh, hopefully a little bit of news for what we're going to be doing. So uh, go ahead and check us out. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, either Facebook or that website will work. Yep. And if you have any personal stories or anecdotes that you'd like to uh, tell us, we'd be more than happy to, to hear them and talk to you about that. So definitely reach out. Yeah. Yeah. Any kind of drink recommendations or uh, if you know of a off the beaten path kind of paranormal activity that you mm-hmm. uh, would like to share, go ahead and let us know and would uh Try to put it in one of our episodes. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Anyway, that'll conclude this time around. And thank you for listening to Till the Last Drop. And remember to stay thirsty for more. Thank you for listening Till the Last Drop. For more paranormal experiences served up with a themed drink, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>